Hi there, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're watching Feed That Nation. You asked and I'm delivering. I recently did an Instagram poll asking you guys, what do you want to hear about from Feed That Nation? What information can I provide for you? And the answer was almost overwhelmingly people wanting to know about nutrition on a budget, nutrition as a college student, eating well, grocery shopping as a college student, living on your own for the first time, all of that. So for this month of March, National Nutrition Month, that's what I'm going to be doing. We're going to be doing an entire series talking about eating well as a college student. And specifically, we're talking about dining hall hacks, eating well for one, eating well with roommates, and dorm room grocery shopping do's and don'ts. I'm super excited about this, and I hope you guys are too. At the end of the month, I'll be doing a special episode, a eating well as a college student Q&A, so feel free to comment DM me, leave me questions. I want to know what you want to know so that I can answer those questions for you in the final episode. Anything we don't cover in the first four, I'm gonna cover in that last Q&A. So this first episode is going to be talking all about college dining hall hacks, how to make the most out of your meal plan. Now, every college does it different in terms of the meal plan options that they have and the different requirements, the different levels, how long you have to be on a meal plan. Every college has different cafeteria offerings, different cafes, sea stores, restaurants, and so forth and so on. So hopefully I'm gonna cover a little bit of everything, give all of you, no matter what school you go to, some great tips for making the most out of your meal plan. So my college, St. Catherine University, where I attended undergrad, all of their meal plans were pretty much dollar-based. There were different tiers of plans. I think it went like platinum, gold, silver, copper, or something like that. Each of those plans corresponding to a different amount of dining dollars. And at St. Kate's, all of your dining dollars, all of your meal plan was in a la carte points. Meaning that I had a certain amount of dining dollars, I would go into the cafeteria, purchase a bottle of juice, a meal, and a cookie, and then all of those items would be paid for the same way you would pay in cash, just using my meal points instead. And there are pros and cons to this, and I'll get there in a second. A lot of other colleges will do a combination of having meal swipes and dining dollars, both. So at the University of Minnesota, I know that a lot of students have the option to choose a meal plan that's 14 meals a week for the semester, plus a certain amount of flex dine or dining dollars. And this means that they can swipe into their cafeteria using those meal points 14 times per week. And if they want to enter the dining hall any more than that, they can use their flex dine or pay out of pocket. And again, pros and cons to both. I see the biggest cons to having a plan like St. Kate's with the all a la carte because none of the meal points that went into my meal plan every semester were able to roll over or carry over. So that meant if I didn't use every single dollar, every single dime, every single penny in my meal plan at the end of the semester, I would lose it. It would be gone. And especially for the freshmen, all freshmen at St. Kate's who lived on campus were required to be on the highest tier of meal plan, so the platinum plan, and it was really challenging for me and a lot of my classmates to actually use up all of our dining dollars by the end of the semester just because it was such a huge plan. There were so many dollars in dining points 
that we felt like we had to go to the dining hall every single day, multiple times a day, buying more food than we needed just to use up that money so that it wouldn't disappear. And that was frustrating and no hate to my university, but I definitely don't think that that's the best way to do it. And I know that like St. Kate's contracts with an outside like dining services company. So an outside company is organizing that and running that business. So there's probably a lot of like logistical business things that I'm not aware of, but it's a college campus. It's not a restaurant. I just, <laughs> I have issues with it. Okay. But the issues I see with having meal swipes is that people could feel limited by not going to the dining hall because they don't want to use up their swipes when they might need them later. So, you know, you might choose to skip breakfast instead of swiping into the cafeteria for breakfast because you're worried that you need to save your swipes for later in the week. And that's sort of like rationing out. The cool thing about the dining dollars at the U is that the FlexDine does carry over. So like my husband had dining dollars left in his account for after he graduated and now I get to use those, uh, don't tell the U, um, but I definitely get myself coffee sometimes using his leftover dining dollars because they didn't disappear when he graduated. So definitely <laughs> totally in favor of that plan, much better than the St. Kate's dining dollars that disappear. The pros or the upsides I see to having a dining plan like St. Kate's where everything is a la carte is that you can feel free to choose as much or as little as you want without feeling like you have to get your swipes worth. So if I'm not that hungry and all I want is like a granola bar and a bottle of juice, I can go in and get a granola bar and a bottle of juice without feeling like I've used up one of my chances to go to the cafeteria that day, which I think is better. It's definitely better for being a more mindful and intuitive eater. Um, but it also meant that like a lot of the foods in the St. Kate's cafeteria were really, really overpriced. They were really marked up. So instead of paying like $3 for a juice and a granola bar the way I might at a gas station, I would pay like five or $6. So that sucked. I think the upsides to the swipe method that the University of Minnesota uses um, is that when you swipe in, you can eat what you need to eat. You know, you don't have to worry about not getting a salad with your hamburger because you don't know if you can afford both. Well, you've already swiped into the cafeteria. It's all kind of just free reign, like eat what you need to eat. Colleges are probably gonna fall into one of those two categories and there are pros and cons to each. And I think even individually, some people will naturally jive better with one plan better than the other. So it's hard talking about what college students need because every student really is unique. And that can be tough when a college is literally serving thousands of students per day. Like they can't necessarily make all of the unique individual tiny little adjustments that each student might need for it to be their ideal plan. So they're trying to do their best with a general blanket plan for everybody. The tough thing about dining halls as well, depending on the type of meal plan you have, it might be limiting, is that dining halls and related campus cafes, convenience stores, or neighborhood partner restaurants that you can use your dining dollars at, they're not always open at convenient times. They're not always open and serving food when you need food when you're hungry. And college students, I think more than anyone else, have really, really weird schedules. Because some people, you know, structure their day, so it's kind of like an 8 to 5, wake up, early class, another class, noon, afternoon class, go to work, eat dinner, like, very structured. And other people choose not to have class until the afternoon or evening. They sleep in, they're up late. And dining halls 
aren't always able to accommodate that and it's it was tough as a college student when I would work and then come back to campus and need dinner but the dining hall would already be closed because our dining hall I think closed at 7 p.m. or something like that it was kind of oddly early or on the flip side if I wanted breakfast before my 8 a.m. class the dining hall didn't open till 7.30 so it was sometimes hard to get ready, get dressed, go all the way over to the dining hall, order, eat my food, and then go to class. And granted I was on a pretty small campus so it wasn't as unreasonable as it could have been, but it was pretty inconvenient. And you know I would end up skipping breakfast or you know skipping dinner because of the dining hall not being open when I was hungry and needed to eat. And if this is you, I would encourage you to think really hard about how you can make your dining hall work for you. And this could involve if your dining hall allows you to carry food out, and even if it doesn't, think about can you, for example, go into the dining hall at 3 p.m. before you leave for work, get dinner, and take it with you to work? Could you go to the dining hall the night before and get some fruit and breakfast cereal to eat in your dorm room instead of having to go all the way down to the cafeteria to eat breakfast in the morning? You know, does your cafeteria have bowls of whole fresh fruit that you could take a couple with you when you left the dining hall? You know, could you staple a few paper plates together and take some slices of bread with you? I don't know. You know, find ways to make your dining hall work for you if the dining hall isn't open at times that you really need it or wish it to be open. Because skipping meals really isn't ideal. Um, usually it leads to overindulging later and it can teach you to kind of like ignore your hunger cues which can lead to issues down the road. I talked about that in a podcast episode a while back. But part of learning how to take care of your body includes honoring its needs and eating when you're hungry, stop eating when you're full. And I think honestly college dining halls set us up for failure in some ways because they're not always open when we need or want to eat. They're not always serving food that we need or want. And with the meal swipes you might feel pressured to eat more than you're hungry for because you want to get your swipes worth. Or if you have all a la carte points you might be pressured into purchasing less food than you might need because it costs dining dollars that you don't want to spend. Big complicated issue here with that, but find ways, if your schedule is crazy, and I'm sure it is, find ways to make your dining hall work for you so that you're eating when you're hungry and you're able to get the food that you need. I would say also within your dining hall, take advantage of however many options are offered. I know when I was a freshman, we had lots of options. You know, St. Kate's had a really tiny cafeteria, but it actually had, I think, more options and a wider variety of different options offered every day than a lot of other places do. But it was challenging to, I guess, like push myself out of that comfort zone because, you know, 99% of the time, if I wasn't sure what I wanted, I would just get chicken tenders and fries. You know, if I wasn't sure what I wanted to drink, I would go with a soda. And, you know, our dining hall had a really, really extensive salad bar. It had like a classics option. It had an international option. There was sushi available, grab and go options like sub sandwiches, like a decent variety of options. But I found myself kind of just getting stuck in the chicken tenders rut. And then I found myself getting bored of the dining hall food and getting tired of the dining hall food. But really, I wasn't eating a whole lot of the other things that were available to me. So... Definitely, if your dining hall has lots of different options, 
consider trying new foods that you've never tried before. You know, eat something that you wouldn't normally eat. Don't just go for the chicken tenders and fries because they're easy and comfortable. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. On the flip side of that, you know, not every offering is going to be good every night, unfortunately. There were some nights with the International Bar that it was amazing, and some nights that it was less amazing. And that's challenging just because, you know, I remember feeling really frustrated when I would go into the dining hall and there would be like seven different options, and I would want to eat none of them. And, you know, college dining halls have to serve thousands of students every day, and they can't always, you know, make the food exactly the way everyone wants it separately. But in challenging yourself to choose wider varieties of options to not just get stuck in that rut, you're less likely to get bored with the food as quickly. And I think that's a positive thing. I mentioned earlier that college dining halls kind of set us as college students up for failure. And here's another reason why I think that's true. And I actually talked about this a really long time ago in my episodes about the freshman 15, if you're interested in listening to those. College, at least the dining hall that I experienced, if I were to go to the international bar and get like a stir fry, if it was like stir fry bar, I would get a huge bowl of food or a huge, huge takeout container full of food. Way more food than I could possibly need or want to eat. You know, and my dining hall had a frozen yogurt machine, like soft serve ice cream basically. I'm honestly, I'm honestly not sure which one it was. That was open pretty much every day. You paid by the ounce to fill a bowl with ice cream or frozen yogurt. You know, there was always desserts, there were always bars and cookies, there was always candy bars, always bottles of soda, always a soda machine. When we're surrounded by, you know, less nutritious options or giant restaurant-sized portions every single day, it can be really easy to forget that that's not necessarily the way that we should be eating to live a, you know, a well, a healthy lifestyle all the time. You know, it's not necessarily a nutritious thing for your body to eat you know, way too much food at every meal just because that's what's served to you. It's not necessarily great for your body to drink soda every single day at lunch or to get a cookie every single day with dessert. And every body is unique and you are free and you should be making your own choices. You're a college student, you're independent for the first time, able to choose everything on your own, make decisions for you and your body. But in cafeterias, because it's basically like eating at a restaurant at a buffet every single day, it's really easy to forget that that's not how most people should be eating to maintain their health. You gotta strike a balance because definitely there are times when choosing foods because they taste good and you want them is a good thing. There are definitely times when choosing foods because they're nutritious, even if you don't necessarily like them as much, is also a good thing. It's about finding that balance and dining halls make that really challenging for students to do so. But even just being aware of that challenge can really help you to overcome it and make the majority of your decisions, nutritious decisions, you know, find that balance, find that sweet spot where you're getting the nutrients you need, but you're also eating foods that taste good. So this next tip is for if your college has a salad bar. And I keep, you know, I keep saying like different colleges have different situations. Not every college is going to have a great salad bar. St. Kate's actually happened to have a really well-stocked diverse salad bar, which was really cool. Um, but really salad bars or are just, it's a giant collection of pre-chopped ingredients. So if you're able to take food out of your dining hall, and even if you're not technically supposed to, think about what's on that salad bar that you could take and repurpose in your own dorm room. 
for example, if there is sliced bell peppers and sliced carrots and chickpeas, could you get a salad that is just those three items, take it back to your dorm and make a stir fry? You know, could you get some cooked diced chicken, some tomatoes, some onions, take them back with you and make a chicken quesadilla? Is there guac? Is there hummus? Could you take those things with you? My theory with this one and, you know, getting salad bar ingredients and using them like grocery shopping ingredients might be more expensive than it would be if you went to a grocery store and bought those foods out of pocket with your own cash. But with your dining dollars or your meal swipes, you have already paid. That is your money. So definitely think about ways that you can take advantage of using your dining dollars in place of having to spend your own cash on things because especially if you can't get those dining dollars back, use them up. Treat your dining dollars the way you would treat cash. <laughs> I'm channeling my dad here, that's his favorite saying, treat it like cash, but seriously, treat your dining dollars the way you would treat cash. You know, value them in the same way, even value them more because dining dollars you can only spend at certain places. So what are things that you can get in your dining hall where you can use those dollars instead of spending your own personal cash on something that you could get elsewhere. My final tip is for you to advocate for yourself and your needs. Like I said, you've already paid for those dining dollars. You're paying a lot of money to go to school and have access to a dining hall, and you deserve to have food that tastes good, is culturally relevant, and that is available when you need it. And that's not to say that your college should always cater to you specifically because, you know, you're not a special snowflake, but also, like, like I said before, college students have crazy schedules. We're a very diverse group of people. Everybody has different preferences, dietary requirements. You know, people have allergies or other diseases that require them to eat in a certain way. And we deserve to have dining halls that accommodate for that and allow us to eat the way we need to eat. So I'd say, you know, if you're struggling, or especially if you know a lot of your fellow students are struggling to, you know, go to the dining hall and get food because it's never open when you're available to eat dinner. Maybe a lot of people have work-study positions around campus that end after the dining hall closes. Maybe you are a type 1 diabetic and nothing in the cafeteria is labeled with carb counts and that is causing your blood sugar to go crazy. Maybe you have celiac disease and you can't tell what's gluten-free and what's not and you're afraid to eat. Those are issues. Those are big issues. And I would say, especially if it's a medical condition, something you can produce a doctor's note for, speak up, speak out. Because, I mean, having diabetes, having celiac disease technically qualifies as a disability, and colleges are required to accommodate for your disabilities reasonably. So it is a perfectly reasonable request for you as a diabetic to go to your dining services coordinator and say that for your health, you need carb counts to be listed on every food. If you have celiac disease and nothing is truly gluten-free for you to eat, even consider talking to your dining services coordinator or someone else on your campus about getting a refund for your meal plan. Because if you're not able to use it, you should get that money back so that you can buy your own groceries and make your own safe food. And you know, even if your situation is not that severe, you are able to and you should advocate for what you need and what you want. Because you know, and maybe I'm just jaded because I had mixed experiences at St. Kate's with advocating for myself and for others. But, you know, colleges would not survive without students. Colleges should be student-centered, taking into account student want and needs and goals. And having access to nutritious, 
tasty, culturally relevant foods at times that match when you need to eat, that's part of that and you should be able to advocate for that and have your concerns be taken seriously. Just one more thing. I know I mentioned the treat it like cash thing earlier with taking your dining dollars seriously. I wanted to expand on that just a little bit. And this especially applies if you have a la carte dining dollars that will disappear at the end of a semester or a school year. Make sure you are keeping track all or most of the time so that you know how many of those dining dollars you have, how many you use at a meal most of the time, and how many you should be going through on a weekly basis or a daily basis so that you use up the end of you use up most of or all of your points before the semester ends and you lose the rest of them. So if you start, you know, the semester with a thousand meal points and there are 15 weeks in the semester, you know, how many points per week should you be using up so that you end the semester with zero points? Just something to think about because this is, again, your money that you have paid for this. This is a lot of money most of the time for meal plans and you deserve to get the most out of it, but that also involves you taking it seriously and you need you taking your finances seriously because dining dollars are your money, your finances. So that's another area where you can be advocating for yourself is keeping track of that so that you're being fiscally responsible with those dining dollars. Editing Natalie here. I just wanted to say real quick, I can't believe I forgot to talk about in the main episode what happens when you are unable to afford a meal plan that gets you the food you need or you run out of meal points and cannot afford to buy more. Now this is a more common issue than you think. Food insecurity is nothing to be ashamed of. There are lots of college students who experience this around the country and there are a few different ways that you can get the food that you need. Um, some colleges actually have emergency funds for students and you can find resources usually talking to um, the student parent office is probably a good place to go or residence life even if you're not a student parent or a resident on campus if they don't if they aren't the people to get you what you need they will know what office you need to go to to get help some colleges also have programs like swipe out hunger in which students with excess meal swipes or meal points can donate those swipes and points to students in need so check and see if your college has a program like that also definitely see if your college has a food shelf or other food relief programs for students in need. Again, student parent resources are generally gonna be your best bet because student parents struggle with this so much. Also, don't be afraid to you know, be honest with your friends about your situation. I'm sure that friends, if they're truly your friends, if they have a meal swipe to share with you, they would be more than willing to buy you a meal, get you $5 worth of groceries, don't be afraid. I know there's a lot of shame and stigma associated with this topic, but your health is so important and there is nothing to be ashamed of because it is not your fault. Thank you so much for watching. I had a great time talking about this subject. I can't wait for the rest of March continuing to talk about eating well as a college student. Next week's topic is going to be dorm room grocery shopping, do's and don'ts. I'm so excited about it. If you like this episode, like what you heard, like what you saw, go ahead and give me a follow, give me a subscribe, leave me a comment, follow me on Instagram, I'm at FeedThatNation. I want to hear from you. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're watching Feed That Nation. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.